Hey guys, can we have a quick chat before we start the show? Of course, murder she Nate. We always have mm-hmm. time to chat with the guy who invented wearing comfortable pants whenever you get the chance. Yeah, murder she Nate. Chatting with you was sweeter than chocolate pop pie. Well said, Brent. Thank you, Catherine. That's nice, but I have to tell you guys something and you have to promise not to be mad. Please lower the volume of your audio track and make my audio track way louder, you handsome horse. We would never be mad at you, even if you're the reason all the bees are dying. Yeah, you wise and handsome derby horse. You could kill every bee on earth and we'd still say nice things about you at your funeral after you died from honey withdrawal. I know, but I was eating tortilla chips during last week's intro and you can really hear the crunching in the final audio. We need to do the whole thing over again. So go ahead and open up your scripts and let's start the show. You are listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films. Movies. And the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate and I'm the inventor of Risky Fortune Cookies. What's a Risky Fortune Cookie? Thank you for asking, fellow colleague. Risky fortune cookies look and taste exactly like normal fortune cookies, but some of them contain a little piece of paper with your deepest insecurity written on it instead of a fortune. Do you guys want to try one? Yes. No. You have to or I quit the show. Fine. Okay, guys, what did you get? Just let me crack open the cookie here. Okay. You will have great fortune in all things, leading to a long life filled with joy and happiness. Oh, wow. What a great fortune. Now you go, Brent. I'd rather not. Read the goddamn cookie paper, Brent. (sighs) Everyone knows that you didn't meet Brett the Hitman hard at Subway. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems like you... (laughs) But it seems like you need a win right now, so we've all been going along with it. Oh, no. Except I did meet him. He ordered a six-inch chicken parm on whole grain with extra peppers. We believe you, bud. Speaking of mediocre lunch choices, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brent? Thank you, Catherine. I'm Brent, and I'm coming to you live from inside a big soup pot. Interesting. Is that where you usually do the show? No, Kate, it is not. I seem to have got myself into a Hansel and Gretel type situation, and a mean old witch is cooking me into a soup. Oh, no. It sounds like you're in a cauldron. <laughs> no, Nate. Stop trying to work cauldrons and everything. I'm in a soup pot with a bunch of root vegetables and fresh herbs. Are you okay? For now, yes. I've managed to splash around enough to extinguish the fire, but the old witch is getting more wood, and I'm running out of broth. <laughs> I'm running out of broth. <laughs> okay. Hope you get that sorted out. I'm Nate. Let's start the show. This is what it sounds like when we do a podcast. We're currently doing one. This is the North American Friends Movie Club. And in the name of our show is A Secret Message. And that's that Friends comes before podcast and before movie club. It comes before a lot of different words. So I got to ask my two friends, how are you doing? 
Welcome to 2024, guys. Is this the first episode? This is the second the year? No, episode the second of 2024, <laughs> but it gets confusing because well, we record things out of order and... Uh, well, so- we, we pretended last episode that it was, we were like doing it live, like it was really 2024. Mm-hmm. But we actually recorded that. I'm trying that. to have authentic friendships with you guys. Okay. I don't want to play a game. Okay, welcome to 2024. No, last night was New Year's Eve, and I want to hear about what you guys did. I know what you did. <laughs> yeah, you want to be authentic. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you some questions I already know the answer to. <laughs> mine, mine was very quiet. It just, it was all quiet. I didn't really, we just kind of hung around, had some drinks, did the, I downloaded a New Year's Eve app that does the countdown, and it was supposed to play noises and stuff as it. Um, the countdown hit zero, and they were an in-app purchase. The noises get out of town. Yeah, you couldn't. I was very disappointed with the in-app per, with the in-app purchases. Um, so I didn't get the noises. I wasn't paying. I made my own noises. Um, said hi to the or said happy new year to Melissa and the dogs. The kids were out. They're old now, so they go to parties, having fun like a bunch of assholes. Yeah, and I'm too. I like the whole idea, the thought of getting ready to go out, um, just uh, doesn't appeal to me anymore. Um, I do, I have a stupid thing to start the new year off. My first dilemma of 2024. Um, we I have I mean I have stuff in my house to make a roast beef sandwich, right? And I've been craving a roast beef sandwich for days now, but I can't make the sandwich because I have too many leftovers that I'm trying to get through. Oh, man. I need more information about the roast beef. Is it uh, leftover roast beef that you cooked or roast beef lunch meat? Roast beef lunch meat. Okay. But, I mean, that'll go bad, too. So you have to factor that in. And the bread will go bad. I Mm -hmm. just, I really want that sandwich. Then make it. Stop withholding from yourself. Love yourself, Brent. Make that roast beef sandwich. The solution is simple. You just add a couple extra meals to the day. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. But I made a turkey pot pie today compounding my problem mm-hmm. well why did you do that because I, I don't think self-sabotage yeah i i know i'm just i think that tonight i'm away. just gonna make the sandwich give what away yes your leftovers no you can't what that's weird here do you want a half-eaten turkey pot pie i don't know maybe no i can't Is be that good? guy I, we talked about oh it's delicious but we talked about this at we're at the age where we have to be careful what we do because we'll end up giving getting nicknames Mm-hmm. You don't want half pie. You don't want to be called half yeah. pie from now I on. I can't be called a pie guy. Could you There's imagine? Half pie Murray. Oh my God. They'd find me hanging from a fucking tree. No <laughs> way. No. Well, I'm not going to be go around called being called pop pie guy. Could you imagine? I'll just make the sandwich and eat it tonight. How was your Thanksgiving? How was your Thanksgiving? How was your New Year's Eve? What about you, Nate? You were playing Valheim. Yeah, I had a good uh, New Year's Eve. I um, played games with my friend, and then I also, I've been working on some music for our podcast to replace the uh, music that we currently use. And I'm like, really, I wrote something that that I'm so excited to, when you guys are going to hear it. Oh, that's exciting. Then I watched this movie, and then uh, that was good too. So that was my New Year's. Do either of you have any um, 
goals or intentions? I think I asked you this. I talked to you specifically about the podcast, but do you have any personal goals or intentions for this year? No, I have none. Um, because you, you can't predict stuff that's going to happen. And I don't want to put any more pressure on myself. Good call. Fair. I hurt. I hurt. Fair. Go ahead. I interrupted you, Brent. No, it's just a stupid. I hurt my wrist using a drill yesterday. Mm, that'll <laughs> happen though. Those things you got. Yeah. You can't have it on that drill setting. You got to put it on nine. So. It- oh, I had it on like twenty-two, and when I was screwing the pedal back on the exercise bike, trying to do something good, trying to use my exercise bike, the bolt seized and it didn't spin. But yeah, but your wrist did. Yeah. So that made that was a sign to me. That was a sign from whoever was up there. To say, you know what, you, you can't predict what's going to happen, so don't make, don't put pressure on yourself to do things that you can't control. Sure. So go ahead, Nate. I'm sorry. No, I interrupted you. Um, I almost never have New Year's resolutions. Truly, I I can't think of the last one I had, but this year actually I have probably like five or six things that I really want to be better at. Uh, bunch of podcast stuff like i want to do full-length youtube videos of the podcast and more animations and more cover art and all that kind of good fun creative stuff right the music and then i also want to have an idea for a book and i would like to start writing that book this year i haven't written seriously in a couple years and i want to do that and i also want to get yoked how yoked we talking do you want to plow some land (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to be physically capable of plowing land, you know? Oh my God. How would you get yoked? How, what does that entail? Um, I have everything that's necessary. Like you uh, just got to like do push-ups and sit-ups and lift weights and do squats and run on the treadmill and fucking go oh, for walks. Oh, you're talking about exercising. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. I'm going to have big hell muscles. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking at like Goku. By the end of this year. <laughs> I know who that is. Me and you'll be doing the podcast shirtless. Uh, Hell, yeah. Cameras oh, on. Hell yeah. <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> oh, Sorry, Kate. Oh, this is Tarps Off podcast from yeah. now on. Now that tarps I look like off. Goku. No. Yeah. Oh, gross. Brothers don't wear tarps. Sorry. This is a no nips podcast. You guys can wear tube tops. Okay, as long as I can wear a tube top, that's that's all that matters to me. We end up t- we end up like changing the name to like the traps or something. In the yeah. show, the trap zone. Uh, what about you, Kate? Yeah, I am focused on my health this year, and every month I am going to have a new thing that I do every day of the month. So we're starting with January. And I am abstaining from alcohol for the 31 days in January. And then in February, I haven't decided yet, but it's going to be like I do 100 squats every day or something like that. So every month I do one thing every day for the entire year. And I'm feeling very, it feels doable to me. I like to make things... um, Like I get too bored, right? Like if it's too long, I'm not going to do it. And then I'll get discouraged. But like every month is a new opportunity to do something related to health, but Uh, not like crazy. I love the idea. And I especially love it because that's 
you just booked us 12 months worth of podcast content. Now we get to <laughs> ask you every month, like, what's the thing? How's it going? Like, yeah, this is great. This is good for everybody. I'll show up next week crying with a cocktail in my hand. No, mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I've gotten on the hot, I've gotten on the chocolate milk. So, you know, day one of this is pretty great. It's starting off and <laughs> starting off on the right foot. Chocolate milk and alcohol are very similar. They bring me joy. Mm-hmm. I get a little hyped. Yeah. A little sugar in there know. gets the sugar's a drug. Hell yeah. Oh my God. I've been on mute the whole time. No. Yeah. Oh, you were been talking. Bit. Oh, for a I've bit been bit. talking yeah. with the chocolate oh. milk. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I <laughs> was trying to, I was laughing because I was trying to do the intro and I could hear you drinking the chocolate milk. <laughs> like, oh, she's fucking loving the chocolate milk. She's loving it. I can't have it in front of me without you're, drinking it. You're coming out the gate strong. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 220 calories per cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you're gonna have, yeah, you're gonna have to move those squats up to mid-January. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I didn't realize that until I just filled it up again. I look. You got to cut that like lemonade, Kate. You got to get a jug of steam no. and cut it ten to one. No blasphemy! I'm Never. gonna do something for my health every month. <laughs> Day one, yeah. six classes in, twelve hundred calories of chocolate milk so far. Doing a podcast, oh. Oh. Really equal out calorie. That's good. That's good. Uh, well, I picked the movie this week, uh, and we did something we've never done before. We all watched a movie that we've never seen, which I was pretty nervous about. Um, so I'm actually very curious to see how that played out with the two of you. Before we start talking about our favorite parts, I would like Kate to tell us all what happened in this movie. Oh, I would love to. And I will be using Wikipedia to help me because this movie has a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. So this takes place in the 1950s and it's like a, a film within a film. So it's like a documentary about a play And the play is actually the movie Asteroid City, and the play is named Asteroid City. And so uh, the the main plot is that a group of people meet in this town of Asteroid City for one reason or another, most of them being there for like an award ceremony for child scientists that's being presented by the the government and... scientists that are by this big asteroid hole and during one of the ceremonies an alien comes down and takes the meteor and goes back up and then they're all stuck in isolation there because the government is like oh my god there's aliens and then there's really no there's no like the plot is not super exciting because the movie is more about the relationship of the characters and that we're kind of here on the planet alone. And uh, that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know. I feel like that's, it, it. it's an extremely hard movie to explain the plot of because you could kind of go from different angles. You could say it's like, like you said, it's a, pl- it's a documentary about a play 
that's playing on television, but then the play itself is the movie that we're watching. So that in itself is just very hard to explain what's going on. So I think you did a pretty good job. Thank you. And that's why there's so many great actors in it because there's so many different parts. So, Uh, Well, why don't we talk about our favorite parts of this movie? That sounds great. That's a great idea. Thank you for your compliment. We're getting off 2024 <laughs> in the right foot. The main character is played by Jason Schwartzman, who is Augie Steenbeck, who is a father of one of the award, the children, one of the, he's called Brainiac, his son. Um, and then he has three daughters. I think they're triplets. I don't know. My favorite part of the movie were those three little girls. Absolutely. With like <laughs> they they absolutely stole every fucking scene they were in. I laughed out loud at least four times at them. And then when I was going through the movie to do the quiz and watching different parts, every time their scenes came up, it made me laugh again, which is so crazy that they could do it every time. Every single time they opened their mouth, they made me laugh. Yeah, I told that's probably the only thing we're all going to agree on is they were the be- they were so good. They were very good. And I loved that the the diner lady was like, "How are you princesses doing?" And one of them goes, "I'm a vampire." And the other one said, "I'm a mummy." And then there's like a beat and then the other girl goes, "I'm a fairy." Yeah. <laughs> so cute. And they are like witches. They're like little witches. I love it. Anyway, uh, so the, as soon as the movie started, um, it was shot really like it's everything was bright, right? Mm-hmm. When they're and, in Asteroid City, yeah. And I'm like, as soon as that started, I'm like, here we fucking go. And I was right. This, I've I haven't been frustrated and upset watching a film in a long time as I've been doing. I feel like Mr. Bean. Is was better choice than this one. Wow! Wow! I I I paused it multiple times and got up and had to like leave the room and come back to it. I was upset with you. This doesn't make sense because you never seen it either. And even if you did see it and recommend it, still I have to respect you as a friend. Mm -hmm. I was sitting here and I was kind of mad at you for a little bit, and I was debated like texting in the group like you're a fucking idiot, Nate, and but I didn't. Thank you. <laughs> I just listen. I I could go. I got in a fight in a in a chat group about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, people insulted my intelligence. Mm-hmm. They oh, uh, that I just don't get it. I'm like, and I have so. And I was watching it. I'm like, what the, this? What is going on? So I googled what other Wes Anderson movies, and I was like, yep, fucking nailed it. Here's my main takeaway. And this is what makes me upset about this movie. He is doing weird stuff just for the sake of being weird. And people think, oh, this is so cool. He's being weird. I I understand that. I, I, I understand that the Wes Anderson, let's say, aesthetic, which is mm-hmm. present in all of his movies, which is a very, like, unreal sort of filmmaking mm-hmm. where everything is framed like, a stage play Perfectly. and uh, it's it's every single thing is deliberate. There's nothing natural happening at all. But my reaction to this film was the exact opposite. I think this is his best movie that I've ever seen 
and I fucking loved every second of it. I knew it. I knew I oh I knew it. I I knew that. I get it. Listen, listen, I get it. I get what he's doing. I get the whole thing. I get the the way it's shot. I get the way the characters act. I get why all the big actors want to be in it. It just doesn't do anything for me. And I don't like the fact that people that defend this movie will the first every time I said I didn't like this movie to someone that did like it, Nate's the only is the exception. They said, Oh, you just don't get it. No, mm-hmm. I get it. It's just stupid to me. I don't like that defense either. Because that you could just say mm-hmm. that about anything. You could be like, oh, you yeah. didn't understand the Exorcist 4. Uh, she's back in puking or whatever stupid movie you want to defend. She's back in puking. <laughs> I think it's the most Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson film he's done yet. Mm-hmm. It was a lot to take in. Like I've, I've watched it one and a half times and I've enjoyed the second viewing more. Because I feel like you have to be... It's just a lot, right? Like, there's just a lot. Of the The text is layered. The plot is layered. Like, you have to keep track of who each, who, not just the characters in the main plot of the Asteroid City, but the ones that are on the actual play, like Adrian mm-hmm. Brody and his, mm-hmm. all, his whole character arc, and then uh, Conrad Earp, who's the playwright. Um, I liked it though, but I I wouldn't say it's my favorite Wes Anderson. And I really like Wes Anderson. Like I really enjoy sitting and being catered to and knowing that like every shot is being thought of like a like a photograph. I think it's beautiful and interesting to watch. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, I loved um Edward Norton's voice as the playwright. Oh. Uh, he's doing such a funny little Southern. I'm just a little Southern That's playwright. And I just come on down here and say a little play. Exactly. For all you guys. <laughs> I love and that. And his jacket with the little cowboys on it, like his mm-hmm. smoking jacket. Oh. The only thing that I liked about Edward Norton is when he tried the ice cream and said, cool and delicious. Cool and delicious. <laughs> that is the only thing that I was like, okay. That's no, fine. he said, cool and delicious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that is a stupid way to describe ice cream, but I like it. Um, I get like, I get mad because I'm like, am I missing out on something? Am I missing out on this bigger thing? But like you said, Kate, like every shot is designed and thought about to look like a picture. To me, that's not an excuse to make a movie, though. I can do that. Okay. I don't think think that you... (laughs) I don't think you can. I I think think so. I think I can. I can. Turn the brightness all the way up on the camera. Step one. (laughs) Get a bunch of different... What other Wes Anderson movies have you seen? Oh, uh, zero, and I won't be. Yeah, if you don't like this, you're not going to like any of the other ones. That's for sure. I like the fact the way aesthetically pleasing to the eye, it looked nice and interesting. And the characters looked different and interesting. I like that. It's not enough to carry a fucking movie. And I could do it. I know I could. So, like, here's a question I would ask you as to, like, how you react to this. Because, like, the mm-hmm. kind of shit that I just eat up is when mm-hmm. Jeffrey Wright is making his speech to the kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. And during the speech, he like starts off at one microphone upstage. And then in the middle of the speech, he just takes 10 steps forward. And then someone pulls another microphone up in front of his face and he keeps reading the speech. 
And like, to me, that's, I'm happy, the happiest guy in the world. When you see that, does that like, are you like, no, I'm, this is too deliberate. It is. I feel like a, I feel like a baby in a high chair (laughs) and they're feeding me food that looks nice and tricking me like, oh, airplane. That's how I feel. There's, and I feel like the food is, looks delicious and it's, it's abundant and there's tons of it. But then when I eat it, I don't feel full because there's nothing behind it. Mm. And there also isn't any closure in this movie. Like there is no bows get wrapped up. No, nothing gets solved. Like it really does just kind of leave you hanging in that way. I think that's intentional though. That's an intentional part of the, you know, the whole point. Yeah. Like, why have an ending when you didn't have a fucking beginning or a middle part? Mm, can't wake up if you don't go to sleep. Oh, fuck. Wait a second. That's kind of, that's kind of deep. Do I like this movie now? <laughs> <laughs> So that might be why those people are saying that you don't get it because it's not like it looks as if it's being hand fed to you, spoon to you, but it's more esoteric. I mean, half the people, like if you look at the credits, this is basically a French film. Fuck, like, I got to look up esoteric. Wait one second. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with an E, I think. Yeah, I know. Or like to be understood by No, but I think you have to think of it no. more as like an art film versus like a wide release. And that I think is the line that Wes Anderson toes is, is this more art or is this more like we're going to go watch Independence Day? And you're never going to get Independence Day with Wes Anderson. Independence Day is a 10 times better movie than this one. I like them both. So I, I want to say both yeah. are great films. I just couldn't, I couldn't think of <laughs> No, but you're film. right, Kate. Like, I think another thing that's happening here is it's extraordinarily rare for any filmmaker to get to do what they want to do. Yeah. Like most movies are made by like a huge team of people with competing visions and competing ideas. And there's like three or four filmmakers who actually just get to be like, I write a script, you give me money, I go film it. And then I give you a movie. And I think what that leads to is you get such specific kinds of storytelling that it either completely attaches to people like it does for me, or it completely doesn't connect at all with people like it does for Brent. And I think that that's part of what's going on here. I was like, this is, if you don't like Wes Anderson's sensibilities, this is an hour and 45 minutes of just what Wes Anderson wants. And if you don't like that, it's not going to work at all. No, it didn't. And I I felt like, I felt the whole time like, hey, obviously this is going to be amazing to people and I'm missing out on something. And I searched and I re-listened to dialogue and I'm like, okay, it's got an hour and 20 minutes to turn around. It's got 45 (laughs) minutes to turn around. Oh, we're down to 20 minutes. And I'll be honest, I I tapped out with six minutes and 23 seconds left. Just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. It's like, there's no way to finish it. No. Oh my God. (laughs) Six minutes, 23 seconds left. Couldn't do it. You were so close. <laughs> no, one, no one made me stop. I the the fact that Jason Schwartzman's character had the little patch of hair cut out in the front of his head. Mm-hmm. No, wasn't ever brought up. Was never explained. 
And that's stupid to me. Like, why? You're just doing it to be weird. And I, when I, every time I say weird, I so want to preface say, it. Exactly. You need to check yourself because what you're thinking is weird are these art choices. But this is like what I'm saying. Story. This is what I was going to say. When I say the word weird, it's a compliment. You're not using it as a compliment. I am. I'm weird. I'm a weird person. I like weird things. Uh, my favorite movie is Oh Brother Where Art Thou. That's a weird movie. It is weird. So that's interesting. That's not a weird movie. <sighs> that's pretty weird. Just it is so mainstream. That oh, is amazing. So I know it's an allegory of the Illid and the Odyssey. I get Here it. We go. But I think Brent. I think Brent. I think you didn't understand it, and then that made you not <clears throat> like it. There we go. I knew it. Right? I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it drops the hand. I don't know how else because typical not, Wes Anderson have... sympathizer. Yes, yeah. because you've not seen any other of his films, and then Thank you're jumping God. into the deep end of the water. My favorite movie of all time, number one, is Royal, Royal Tenenbaums. Is it? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that, Kate. Oh my God. So it's interesting because this one is way less. Um, I don't know what the exact right word would be for it, but like the Royal Tenenbaums is very sad. It's an extremely sad movie to me. There's a lot of sadness in all of the characters. And while there's some sad things going on in this movie, the characters, the main characters, Scarlett Johansson and Jason Schwartzman are so like repressed and quiet. So it doesn't have this, permeating sadness over the whole movie, even though there is quite a bit of sadness in those two characters. Yeah. I thought that their, their act, every, all the acting was phenomenal. Right. But I did find it. um, Yeah. There was so much like subtext, right? Like that's also what Brent is talking about. Like that, when I said, you don't understand it, I also don't necessarily understand it, but I can appreciate it for, I trust that they know what they're doing. There's a couple parts that I wrote down that I thought were super funny. One, when the cowboy is talking to Steve Carell about the vending machine that sells parcels of land. And then in the middle of the conversation, he turns around so that his back's facing Steve Carell. And he says, I don't want to call you a liar to your face, but that sounds like some <laughs> bullshit or whatever he says. It's like, I yeah. thought that was so fucking funny. There's a lot of little subtle shit that I thought was very funny. Like when all the kids have the cardboard boxes to look at the solar ellipsis, uh, they all put on these like shitty cardboard boxes on their head, but every military person puts on like a metal box with lights and dials like that. You could tell cost like $10,000 to look (laughs) at the same thing, but the kids are all using cardboard boxes. I thought that was very fucking funny. Little shit like that. That that makes rewatching worth it if you enjoy it. Is right. I eat that shit up. Also, did you know that this is our third movie with a kid smoking? I have that note. Second week in a row. Yeah, we're on a heater. Isn't that wild. And isn't it interesting that all three movies where kids smoked are supposed to be period pieces mm-hmm. of like the thirties, forties, or fifties? So it's like the number one way to indicate that it's an old time is just to show a kid smoking cigs. He stole it from League of Their Own. Can it, like, do you think, if you're if you're an eight-year-old smoking, you're going to smoke the rest of your life? Mm, uh, probably, yeah. 
You can smoke yourself out, though. Yeah, maybe get tired of it. Like, I started when I was pretty fucking young. Like, 12. How, how young? Probably. Oh, man. Were you cool? I mean, I still am. I was then. I'll probably never live a day of my life when I'm not super fucking cool. Hell yeah. fucking yeah. That's true. Like, smoking is not cool, but, like, people who smoke can look cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. No one should ever do it. It's terrible. You smell horrible. Makes your teeth yellow, but you look pretty fucking cool when you do it. uh, I mean, let's if we're gonna be honest, we're not gonna lie to people at this point in the new year. It's kind of cool. So does like doing wheelies (laughs) on a motorcycle, but I wouldn't recommend that for people. Having pegs on your bike, it it looks cool. It just does. (laughs) Damn, when I saw older kid with pegs, holy shit! Yeah, like you know, they're getting up to stuff. Fucking coolest kids. Um, I did learn. This did teach me something. Um, I thought it was CGI. And I was like, wow, this is really good CGI. But it turns out they're real. That's Roadrunners. Mm. Yep. That's And they make a meep meep noise. What the fuck? Out of 41 years of life, how do I not know Roadrunners are real? Yeah, my first note was Roadrunner meep meep. That's I just wrote down meep meep. I know. They said the meep meep noise. My sister... And her family were in Arizona over the new year. And before I watched this movie that same day, she wrote a text talking about how they saw a roadrunner. So I had, it was weird. And two incidences of roadrunner where I had gone years of my life without any. Haven't run on a road for years. But they li- they're real. They're real. They're still here. I like the part where they showed their inventions, the stargazers, and the girl showed how... Um, biohacking, whatever it is, she made the plant grow instantly. On cosmic rays or something? Yeah. Yeah. And the only uh, drawback is it makes all vegetables toxic. (laughs) It's one purpose, ruins it. S'mores atonium, that was good. I'm really glad I didn't use that as a question. I was going to put that in as a question and I didn't, so I'm glad I didn't. And uh, the part of where they're burying the ashes in the Tupperware... Mm-hmm. And it was one of three. That was funny. My last note is, and I don't, I don't want to hear what you think about this until it's time to do the ratings. So you're not allowed to okay. give away what you're going to say, Brent. But I would like to say okay. that the kids' alien song should win the Oscar for best original song at the Oscars this year. I would need to listen to it again. Would you two like to do the Asteroid City quiz? Yes. Sure do. Choo-choo all aboard the quiz train. The film's opening credits play (laughs) over footage of a very cool orange train. What is the number on the train? Oh, Lord. X6151, X5161, X6511, or X5611? Who's going first? Uh, Kate, you go first. I'm going to go with the last one. X5611. I'm going to go with first one A. Gone forever. Brent, you are correct. It's X6151. Of course. Man, you know I'm looking at all numbers. You know I'm looking at all numbers and remembering them. Scarjo comments on the heat when she arrives at Asteroid City and says she's wilting like a flower. What flower does she say? (gasps) Peony? Petunia? A pansy? Or a painted daisy. 
Oh, you went all with the peas. Mm-hmm. Discombobulation. Yeah. Um, I'll have to go with B. The answer is Petunia. You're both correct. I know. I knew. I was trying to play dumb. She says she's wilting like a cut Petunia. And then her daughter tells her why that can't be true. Uh, the front of the diner in Asteroid City lists many of the delicious foods available for purchase. Mm-hmm. Which mm. of the following foods is not written <gasps> on the building? Mm-hmm. Chili beans, ham plate, spare ribs, flapjacks. Uh, flapjacks. Um, can you read the first three? I know it's not flapjacks because he ordered flapjacks when he came in. Um, the first three again, please. Chili beans, ham plate, spare ribs. Uh, chili beans. Well, Brent, I played you like fiddle. I played you like an absolute fiddle. He does order flapjacks, but written on the building outside, they are listed as hotcakes, not flapjacks. Mother, motherfucker. Tutu, Kate, ties it up. You guys are doing great. I knew I should have texted yesterday when I was mad. Uh, the asteroid landed in Asteroid City in 3007 BC. What day did it land? September 23rd, 24th, 26th, or 25th? Um, I'm going to guess the 25th. I want to guess the 26th because it's my mom's birthday. Love you, mom. But I'm going to guess the 23rd. Another correct answer for Catherine. You guys are, cr- I worked so hard on this and you guys are running me over. This is, I feel like an asteroid landed on me. The nerd children all receive awards. The <laughs> nerd children. <laughs> Which award did I make up? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. The black hole badge of triumph, the collapsing star ribbon of success, the blue giant medal of victory. Or the distant nebula laurel crown. What was the first one? Black hole badge of triumph. What was the third one? The blue giant medal of victory. What was the second one? The collapsing star ribbon of success. That one, B. I'm going to say D, laurel wreath one. Nate finally gets on the board. It was the Blue ah. Giant Medal of Victory. Ah, I was oh. down between those two. And then I thought the Laurel Wreath met a the crown. The Laurel Wreath is <laughs> one. Yeah, it sh- that was a real one. I forgot I what a Laurel Wreath was. I assumed it was a crown. I'm like, none of them wore a crown. I, just, I fucked up. Okay. Fine. I know. What newspaper does Junior Stargazer ace reporter Ricky Cho write for? <laughs> the Cold Lake High Weekly Bobcat, the Cold Creek High Weekly Bobcat, the Cold River High Weekly Bobcat, or the Cold Stream High Weekly Bobcat. I'm going to say Cold Creek. I'm going to say Cold Lake. <whistles> Kate's starting off the new year right with another correct answer and a full domination of this quiz. She's locked up the victory and all we have <gasps> left is one question for... The fun of it. Congratulations, Kate. Thank you. Feel what good. is the name of the play Margot Robbie is in? Death of a Narcissist, Fruit of a Withering Vine, Circle the Wagons, or Lady of Avalon? Lady of Avalon. Uh, fruit of the Withering Vine. 
Kate, there's you had to do it. You had to finish out strong with another correct answer. Absolute that chocolate milk is flowing through your veins. She's got the perfect combination of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins to operate her brain at maximum <laughs> capacity. Like a true athlete, you've won this quiz with style. Great Thank job, Kate. You. Thank you. Proud I love you. you, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, I love you. Thank mm. you. Uh, would you guys like to give some gold medals to this movie? Oh, man. Yes. The hardest gold medal ceremony ever. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm trying to find <laughs> one. No, <it's> just- <laughs> <laughs> uh, who did you guys give your bronze medal to? It's so hard to choose who to reach out and celebrate, but mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the man himself, Tom Hanks and Stanley Zach, Augie's father-in-law. Uh, just, just a delight, just a, a real nice acting job by Thomas. I'm so happy to see him at this age doing those kinds of parts. He's kind of grumpy, but he also like, they have a, two really wonderful scenes together when the one, when they're talking on the phone, which is filmed in a really interesting way. And then when he's uh, talking to him, when he's picking up the kids and he's like, you know, we're all grieving and Tom Hanks is like, so am I. And then he pretends to strangle him and it was very emotional Mm -hmm. moment and great acting. Uh, So yeah, he was really good in this movie. Um, My bronze is going to a, a dark horse. It's Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk, Nepo baby Maya that Hawk. we like. Is she Nepo baby? That's Ethan oh, Hawk Ethan and Hawk. Uma Thurman's yeah. daughter. Oh well, there She's you go. She's very pretty. Um, I enjoyed her in Stranger Things. Well, I th- I'm we're pro Nepo baby on this. Yeah, it's not her fault. Yeah, we like Bryce Dallas Howard. We like Emma Hawk. We like them all. We're pro Nepo babies on this podcast. Who's Bryce Dallas Howard? Why do we like her? She's in the village. Your favorite movie that you defend every single time it gets brought up. She's oh, she played the blind lady, the most, the best blind lady performance of all time. Yeah, yeah. Ray Charles had more sight than she did in that movie. I gave my bronze to my favorite actor that I had. I mentioned last week, Jeffrey Wright. He doesn't. He's not in this movie a ton, but all of his scenes are so funny. I want to see him. He's going to win an Oscar. That's my prediction. In the next 10 yeah. years, Jeffrey Wright will win an Oscar because he's so fucking good. And he's, he's very already won an Emmy, a Tony, and a Golden Globe. So he's oh, on his way to an EGOT. Oh. And he could win a Grammy so easily. Just do an audiobook. Uh, like, just do an audiobook. You'll get a Grammy for that, dude, for he sure. He could read the phone book to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have the same emotional effect as this movie. Oh, Lord. <laughs> 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 Come and get me, fuckers. Come and get me. Wes Anderson sock. That was my fake laugh. Who'd you guys give your silver medal to? Uh, silver. I think I'm going to have to give my silver to Edward Norton for his mm-hmm. portrayal as Conrad Earp, the legendary playwright, because just his voice mm-hmm. and you can, the way everything was so deliberate. And then, uh, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting character and that he and Jason Schwartzman's character end up kissing. Mm-hmm. So he gets my silver. Uh, who'd you give your silver to, Brent? 
Uh, my silver is going to the most calming person in the movie who made me uh, feel good was Steve Carell. Mm. Played such a great uh, role as the hotel manager and just has that voice that I enjoy and it's calming father figure, even though probably the same age. Good for him. When I was doing my research uh, for the quiz, I learned that that role was supposed to go to Bill Murray, but Bill Murray got COVID and couldn't do it. So they brought in Steve to do it instead. And I think Steve did a great job, but I could also totally see Bill Murray doing that part for sure. For sure. Uh, I give my silver medal to Scarlett Johansson. I think she was fucking really good in this movie. Uh, I think she's a wonderful actress and, um, yeah, I just think she's really great in this movie. And the way she plays the difference between her character in Asteroid City and then her character in the parts, the behind the scenes of the play parts is very different. How they, how she plays like the, her real life quote unquote person as like a 1950s, like, ah, see what you say. Ah, smart guy over here. Get on the train. <laughs> uh, but it's just great. I liked her a lot. Uh, gold medals. Who did you guys give your gold medals to? Well, I'm going to back you up and I'm giving my gold to Scarlett Johansson. I think she did some crazy good acting and, um, I don't really know what to say about it other than she's just, I think that you could kind of like what they said about her character, like you could think it, it's all just like beauty, but like she has real talent. Like she would be a character actor if she wasn't so pretty. Yeah. They keep saying like, I'm at, even she says at one point where she says, I'm actually a very gifted comedian. And that's kind of true for Scarlett Johansson as well. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, what about you, Brent? So my gold medal goes to the scene stealers, the three little scene stealers, Yay. Ella, Gracie and Willen, Ferris Twitter triplets. They were very funny. They, they were very good in every scene they were in. Um, Put them in Independence Day 2, and you got yourself a blockbuster. <laughs> they were excellent. All three of them are very funny, and she, uh, he's making her go to hell. Uh, Brent, I couldn't agree with you more. I gave my gold medal to Ella Gracie and Will and Ferris. Of course, they absolutely stole the show. Fucking laugh out loud funny. Probably the hardest I've laughed in months of watching movies was those three little girls worth worth watching this movie just for those guys so that they get my gold medal fangs too. one of them had fangs yeah where did you <laughs> yeah. get their names i wanted uh, I imdb if okay. you click on ella ferris it brings you to articles about the triplets which is kind of bullshit it's like if we the show became very popular and it was just called the nate usher show and we click on it, and then there's a picture of me and Kate in the background. Kate's drinking chocolate milk, and I've got Tony Tin Cane, and it's all fucked up. Um, yeah, they were excellent. And they had fangs in it. And, well, there was one more thing I was going to say. I could see, like, all these great actors doing great performances, which they did. Um, but to have three little girls do that and steal the show, that's saying something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well done, ladies. Well, would you like to give this movie a rating, guys? Let's rate yes. it! The script for this movie. What would you give the script for this movie? 
this is not my favorite Wes Anderson movie. I thought the script was slightly confusing, maybe a little overworked. Who's to say? Um, I'm going to give it an eight. <sighs> okay, before I give a score, I have a, a dilemma here. Okay. I don't, I'm not a fan of the script. I want to mm-hmm. give it a low score. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, I'm like, people are always saying, like, you guys give. Don't worry about that. the people. No, it makes me think that, like, if I really hate something, I should be giving it, like, a two. Sort of. mm-hmm. um, but then I realized, like, no, people put time and creative energy into it. So I'm going to give it a seven. It was overworked, like Kate said. If, that, if this um, script was dough, you'd ha- you're going to have some tough dough. Tough dough. You overneeded it, created too much gluten. Mm. Seven. Uh, I'm going to complete the sequence and give it a nine. It was my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Uh, the only one I like as much as this is the Steve Zizou one, which I th- know Brent would fucking hate too. Life uh, Aquatic. Yeah. That little red hat he has on, please. Yeah, it's that's such a funny movie. Um, but there are some parts in this movie that are going to stick with me for a fucking really long time. And it was, uh, I'm always excited to see something a little bit different. So I'm going to give it a nine. I thought it was great. Um, this will be interesting. The art direction in this movie, what would you guys give the art direction, the sets, the costumes, the makeup? I personally loved it. I love it. I love looking at it. I like that. He spends so much attention on it. I'm giving it a 10. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's obviously a big 10. It's, it was beautiful to look at. Um, very interesting choices. I love the red pants on Jeffrey Wright. Um, everything was bright and cool and interesting. So it's a 10. Uh, well, I'm very glad you guys said that. Cause I totally agree. I thought, especially the costumes were so fucking funny and great in this, how Tom Hanks just has a gun stuck in his pants. Like, uh, never mentioned, never brought up, never used, but just everywhere he's walking around in those pants, he's got a gun stuck in the front of him. So yeah, 10 for me. It's a beautiful movie. He also has golf cleats on the whole time, which is a Does funny he? detail. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, that was on the gun and the golf cleats, yes. Now I'm very interested. The music for this movie. What would you guys give the music for this movie? I enjoyed it. And I uh, I thought it added to the film. And it wasn't annoying at all. Um, I'm going to give it a nine. Um, this was banger after banger after banger. All the time. In the background. The Really the only thing that kept me interested. It, like I said before, it reminded me of playing Fallout 4. Um, just so many good songs. Just wish the story was better in this movie. I give it a 10. Wow. Yeah. What? I, I'm so happy that you said that. Cause I thought when I was hearing the music, I was like, this is right up Brent's alley. Like Brent looks mm-hmm. this kind of this, mm-hmm. this, this should hit. And remember the time I texted you and said that what's called? Uh the elephant or not Ella at last by Eddie James was a banger. Mm-hmm. And you were like, Well, maybe you have to redefine what you think a banger is. And I'm like, no, this is a banger. So this, yeah, this was right up my alley. Uh, I, uh, that seems like slander. Cause I fucking love that song. Uh, so I, I'm surprised I said that maybe I was, uh, maybe you talked to my evil twin. 
I got nothing mm. but time, brother. I can scroll please? back and hand chat to you behind it. <laughs> no, no, don't post the receipts, please. I can't take another hit. I can't take another hit. Uh, yeah, I, I give this movie a 10 for music, especially that kid's fucking alien song is so fucking mm-hmm. funny. I'm going to play a little clip of it here, but it easily a 10. One, two, three. Holy D. There and that song should win best original song. Um, this is an American comedy drama period film. There's a lot of different things happening all at once in that. Uh, so, as an American comedy drama period film, what would you rate this movie? Uh, an eight. Say it again. It's an American <laughs> comedy. It's an American comedy drama period film. I'll give it a seven. Um, I'm with Kate. I like eight. Eight's a nice score. It's, um, it is a period film, but it's also like a made-up time, which I really liked. Uh, but, and it's funny. But the drama is the weakest part to me. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go eight. I like that. Eight is uh, great. And now the final category. If you knew somebody who's a big Tom Hanks guy, he wants to give thanks in January to the man Tom Hanks, and he's never seen this movie, but he loves Tom Hanks. Would you or recommend she. this? To, or, or she. she. Hey, fair. Listen, I just assumed, said, yeah. Or she. Yeah, good, good, good job. Or good they. Job. Or, them. or they. Yeah. Good save, because you were about to get fucking finished. Uh, what would you rate this movie? How much would you recommend this movie to them? This is a hard one. Yep. I, I'm going to give it an eight. I don't think you have to see it. I think it's, I think if you like Wes Anderson, you should definitely see it. But if you're just a, a normie, some normcore, I give it an eight. This is so far removed from what a Tom Hanks fan expects a Tom Hanks, I'm going to have to give this one a five. Wow. Whoa. I know. And th- this is not a Tom. Look, if, if someone come up to me and say, hey, I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan. Should I watch Asteroid City or should I watch blah, 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 blah? Like you have to watch blah, 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 blah. Cause you're not going to get a Tom Hanks fix out of this movie. Uh, I think that's a fair uh, way to look at it. Uh, I personally think he's great in this movie. And if someone was just like a Tom Hanks addict, I'd be like, yeah, you should check this out. He's doing something that he doesn't normally do. So I'm with Kate. I'm going to go eight as well. Tom Hanks addict. Anonymous. (laughs) T-H-A-A. I'll get a total score here. I bet this is like 43, 42. I've really tanked it though. Kate. This gets a 42.2. Excellent, excellent work, Kate. 42.2. And you know what? I think that's fair because I loved it. Brent hated it. Kate was medium about it. 42 sounds about right for a film like this. And I just want to give a shout out to Brent's group chat. Please keep up the harassment. Let them know what you think about it and uh, never let them know. Oh, I put them them in their place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I put them in their place just fine. Uh, we scored the never-ending story 42.1. So 
Just to, okay. Yeah, because I didn't really like that one. So yeah, this all that yeah. all checks out. The story checks and out. And you could totally interswap the that title for both of those movies. <laughs> oh, good joke. <laughs> Thank you. More like more like Les Anderson. <laughs> okay, that's two in a row. <laughs> yeah, fucking fire from the hip at this point. Fucking guy pulled out his gun like Tom Hanks from the waistband yeah. and fired. Yeah. Um, his ass. Kate. Uh, what movie would you like to watch next week? So I have been, as always, thinking about this greatly. And two films I really wanted to watch but did not choose are Philadelphia Story, in which he wins the Academy Award. I think it's just called Philadelphia. What did I say? The Philadelphia Story? Yeah. Okay, Philadelphia. Pardon me. Uh, But I didn't choose that. Um, And then I wanted to watch... uh, Saving Private Ryan, but that is over two hours long, so I didn't want to do that to us. So, we're going to go easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We're going to watch what made us all fall in love with this man. We're going to watch Big. Okay, it's time to watch Big. See a little machine turn a little boy into a fully grown man, and what happens Never after saw that? Big. Never oh, saw. He's I'm a little Corn cob, it's a, hilarious. Just call someone a corn cob. It's a little corny. Have mm. you seen it, Nate? I saw Big like when on TV when I was a kid for sure, um, a bunch of times. So uh, I can't believe we're gonna get through this without like Forrest Gump, um, <laughs> the one where he's on the island, Captain Castaway. Well, I almost chose that one. Holy shit, man. We should have like we should have two months. But I really like Big and I think it's charming. And it's from the eighties. So who knows how it will hold up. I'm down for an easy breezy movie. So Yeah. This one really wanted to put us to work. Let's it was watch a one Yeah, let's watch one that's <laughs> not so hard. Uh so that's what we're gonna watch next week. Uh a film from nineteen eighty eight, Big. Uh so that means that's all all that's left to do is say goodnight, Kate. Good night, Kate. Good night, Catherine. Remember your first night away from home? Your first job? $187? Your first date? I have a really big gob of mustard right right there. Your first apartment? You live here? Yeah. Nice, isn't it? Remember the day you finally discovered what it was like to be big? What were you like when you were younger? Tom Hanks. Oh, well, I wasn't much different. Is big. Rated PG. Oh, <laughs> yeah.